it's a real pleasure to spend some time this morning with Nick Mackay from Neighbour. He's the National Director of Neighbour. And um, this morning, we want to dig into what Neighbour actually is. For some of you who may never have heard of this service or ministry, why you might want to make use of what they do and how it can serve gospel movement in your town or city. So, Nick, um, thanks for making time for me this morning. Thanks for having me, Evan. Lovely to chat with you. Now, for the uninitiated, can you give us a rundown of what is Neighbour? I certainly can. So as the as the name suggests, uh, we exist to help churches love their neighbour and transform their neighbourhoods. So Jesus told us all to love our neighbour. That's what we, we try and help churches to do. Uh, neighbour is uh, is intentionally misspelt, N-A-Y-B-A. Uh, we spelt phonetically because we're uh, we're part of a global movement that began in the UK about ten years ago. So uh, we wanted to to choose a spelling that worked in languages other than English. But we've been here as Neighbour Australia uh, uh, for the last two, just coming up on two and a half years. And so we really we exist as a as a gift to the local church. We want to see the church be all that it can be in loving and serving those in need uh, in in our communities, both locally and nationally. And, uh, and so we see our role as basically helping that wherever we can. Now, you mentioned before we started the interview that you've recently had a rebrand that formerly uh, you're known as Cinnamon, now as Neighbour. So some people might have heard the name Cinnamon before in the past, but definitely Neighbour now. Now, you say you exist to serve the local church. How, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, great question. So we do that in a few different ways. Uh, the first is so, so we have we operate under what we call our three M's. Uh, so um, menu, mobilize, and measure. Uh, so we have a, a menu of uh, of examples of best practice. We basically look for, for examples of best practice in terms of church led community engagement projects, whether those be Australian or international. And we seek to certify those. And we have a menu of what's called neighbor recognized projects. Examples of really great ways in which local churches can. Uh, can serve their communities and address key social issues. And we promote those and, and, and help to spread those across the, the country so that churches of any shape or size and any type can pick them up and, and run with them without having to reinvent the wheel. So that's one area that we work in in terms of our menu. Can you, can you give me an example of what, what a project that fits into that menu category might be? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's a there's a bunch. We have about almost a dozen projects, I think, now on the menu. So the likes of um, Kids Hope. So that's that's serving vulnerable children within uh, within primary schools. Uh, Circuit Breaker, which is a domestic violence prevention program. Sanctuary uh, Mental Health Ministries. We've just added to the to the menu that initially comes out of Canada uh, and um, and helps the local church to understand and respond to the issue of mental health, both within their their community as well as in the broader community. Uh, Care for ex-offenders is a program to help um, with uh, with those ex-offenders exiting prison, um, be able to, uh, to be reintegrated into, into society and find a home within a local church community or a cluster of churches. So yeah, we've got a we've got a bunch of projects that that do really amazing things and everything from very kind of small um, uh, examples of service that can nonetheless be really powerful through to uh, quite significant programs that that might run over uh, the course of a year and then hopefully over several years. So these are programs or services that have been proven and tested and have runs on the board and that can be easily sort of implemented or replicated in other communities. That's the idea of the menu. Yeah, spot on. Because, I mean, I think that particularly for local church leaders, they're 
often being inundated with offers and, and requests, uh, including those from really great ministries or, or organizations doing exceptional work in the community. But it can be really hard to tell as a local church leader, like what, what is kind of best practice? What, what's worked? What's going to work for me and, and our church and our community? Uh, how can we... How can we know more um, and trust that like all of the, the kind of uh, due diligence has been done and, and that these projects are, um, and initiatives are really examples of best practice? So we try and essentially take on that burden uh, of vetting and reviewing and then recommending uh, these projects so that uh, church leaders in, as I said, churches of any shape or size anywhere in the country can pick up something and know that, as you say, it's been tried and tested um, and it is, it's likely to have a really positive impact in their community and they can start implementing it straight away without having to reinvent the wheel. Um, the second M, sorry, before I interrupted you, is no, it's fine. mobilised. Do you want to speak into the second M as well? Yeah, sure. So this is an emerging area for us uh, around mobilising and, and, and it really speaks to our desire to help mobilise the, the body of Christ across Australia um, on key social issues um, of our time. So whether that's uh, mental health or domestic violence or vulnerable children or better welcome and integration for refugees, whatever it might be, these kind of big social issues that, um, that go beyond um, a, a single project um, and also have implications beyond a particular local geographic area, you know, that they actually have relevance across the country and in some cases across the world. And so this is an emerging area for us, but we're seeking to find ways of being able to, to convene and catalyze and, and just better equip uh, the, the church as a whole and, and in local communities to respond to these issues. So uh, to give you a couple of examples, we, we helped to convene what we think was the first ever church mental health summit um, about a month ago. Uh, and that was really beautiful. We brought together uh, church leaders and, and experts from across Australia and the world, those who were able to speak to the issue of mental health from a, um, a, a kind of a clinical perspective, from a theological perspective, um, from the perspective of lived experience, and really help us kind of grapple as the church with what is this issue, how do we respond, what does God say, and what's he calling us to do uh, in the context of Australia. And we are also just about to launch, which is really exciting, uh, a new project called the Welcome Home Project, which is about helping to empower local churches to tangibly um, contribute to this the new community sponsorship program um, for welcoming refugees into, into Australia. So this is a program that's based on the Canadian model. Um, uh, the church played a critical role in Canada. Uh, and it is an, a really remarkable opportunity, we think, uh, for the Australian church to be able to stand up and say, yep, we're here. We, we know that there is a biblical mandate um, to welcome the stranger. We want to not just uh, talk about the importance of, of loving and welcoming and helping, uh, helping refugees. We actually want to um, practically be involved in, uh, in, in bringing uh, groups and families to our local community and helping to, them to, to resettle in our local community and contribute to our local community. Uh, and so our role in working in partnership with um, the Community Refugee Sponsorship Australia, which is the, the, the non-profit organisation that's been set up by the governor, we think that there's a critical role uh, for churches and, and for the faith community to play. And so that's what we're seeking to do through the Welcome Home Project. So we'll be, um, we're, we're taking expressions of interest now for, for a small number of churches who want to be involved in the pilot stages of that uh, and we're planning to to launch publicly to the the broader church and, and to the country uh, in the first part of next year so that's going to be really exciting very good so mobilization is as i'm hearing you explain it is about um, bringing awareness to key uh, social issues that might affect 
a nation or a large geographical area, helping the church to know how to grapple with that, what they can do to um, be a solution to the situation. Uh, is that a sort of a fair summary of you bringing Absolutely your- spot on. Okay. After, do you want to join our, our marketing and communications team, Evan? This is just your, <laughs> your summaries are spot on. <laughs> oh, good. Well, yeah, we can talk later. We can. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, yeah, that's exactly it. We just think like there's some, some issues on which the, the church, but we, we, it's like without the role of, without the body of Christ taking, taking action on some of these critical issues, we think there's a gap. We think that, like that, for any major issue facing society, uh, that there is a critical role for people of faith to be able to stand up. And it might be, it might be seemingly small, but it's still nonetheless critical. And so that's what we're helping, hoping to do in this area is to identify what are the key issues, what's the role of the church, and how can neighbour help? Because there are already, um, in many cases, wonderful um, churches and parachurch organisations doing work. Uh, so we're we're not trying to uh, to you know create new projects where they or initiatives where they already exist. In many cases, uh, the role of neighbour may just be helping to convene and bring together um, the the good work that's already happening uh, and help to kind of find ways of of learning from one another and perhaps even scaling the great stuff that's already happening. Um, and indeed, that kind of links to our third M around measurement work because because a lot of um, the work that we do through our impact audit uh, is, again, about being able to measure at a local level what's the great work already happening, how do we build on this, and how do we better bring together the church um, and the body of Christ as a whole. Mm. Yeah, I want you to unpack the the, the measurement M in a second. Um, I guess, do you see yourselves as like a bit like a catalyst, like bringing together uh, various groups that perhaps may not be aware of each other or helping to convene, like you say, churches, parachurch organisations, um, social organisations to help better target uh, action in, in specific areas? Would that be as? Yeah, very much so. Um, I, I think that, as I said, there's incredible work already happening. And in some cases, the biggest challenge is that we, we as the church just don't know what's going on, um, perhaps outside of our congregation or our local community. And, and neighbour, we are blessed, I guess, to have this um, God's eye view <laughs> to an extent of what's happening across the nation uh, and the wonderful work that's happening. And so, yes, a big part of our role is just working out how can we connect these wonderful groups of people and how can we share lessons and, and stories, both of successes and, and failures, because sometimes the things that don't work teach us the greatest lessons, as we know, that's that's a, um, that's one of the things the scripture tells us as well. And so I think that uh, there's a, a wonderful opportunity for us to play um, a role within what's already happening. And in many cases, that is about convening groups already doing work or with a passion um, for a particular social issue, and then helping to catalyze action uh, where, where there's an opportunity for the, for the church and for the body of Christ to, to, to step up to even, even greater work um, across, uh, across the community. Now, the third M, the measuring, is the, probably the part that I've been most familiar with when I think about neighbour. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, some of the groups that we've uh, had connection with here at Movement Australia have uh, in, engaged your services for impact audits like on the Gold Coast or in the Penrith and Mount Druitt area. Yeah. Um, can you explain you know, how the measurement works, the impact audit, all that stuff. And yeah, and just unpack that for us. Sure, of course. Yeah. So as you as you rightly say, the our work in the area of measurement through the neighbor impact audit is probably to this point has been our most significant um area of work and, and way in which we've we've sought to serve the church. So the um the neighbor impact audit basically helps to measure the collective social impact 
of the faith community in a geographic region. And it, uh, it, it, it identifies a whole lot of, uh, of key statistics and information about the work that's being done to, to serve those in need. So everything from the number of community services being delivered, the social issues being addressed, the beneficiaries that are being reached and, and who those groups of people are. And really importantly, the value that we help to put a dollar a dollar value um, or a dollar figure rather on the value of the time and other resources uh, that churches and faith groups are contributing uh, to serving those in need in their community. And then we express that in the form of a report and, and a whole lot of information. Uh, but it's really about, if I can kind of speak to the motivation behind the, the audits, it's really threefold. The, the first is that we see it as being a powerful vehicle for being able to build a greater sense of unity across the body of Christ and, and a faith community in a region. That's actually at the kind of core and part of the prophetic vision for, for Neighbour Australia is to be contribute to the work that I believe the Spirit of God is already doing across our nation in bringing his family and his people um, into greater unity with one another. And so we see the audit as being a really helpful um, vehicle in that regard. It's a uh, a relatively discreet project, something tangible that helps to celebrate what's already happening. It's, and it doesn't ask too much of church leaders. You know, it's a 15-minute online survey about the community service activities that they've delivered as a church or as a, as a faith group over the previous 12 months. Uh, but it can really help, particularly in places like Penrith and Mount Druitt. We've seen it be a, a catalyst um, for um, building, in that case, uh, a, a really thriving and flourishing uh, network of church leaders from across the region who are now finding greater ways to be able to serve and serve the community, come together in prayer and worship um, and, and a whole range of other initiatives that they're, that they're pursuing. So it, it definitely does that in terms of building unity. It also serves to the probably the second um, key motivation or objective is that it helps open doors uh, to government and to other key stakeholders in, in the community. Uh, as the church, we tend to be good at telling stories. Uh, we're not always so good at being able to back that up with facts and figures. Uh, and so the audit kind of helps the church to become bilingual, um, not just tell those stories, which are critically important, but also bring the data and the statistics that are perhaps more easily understood by a number of other uh, key sectors within uh, our community and who might not otherwise properly understand the work of the faith, of faith groups and the value that the church brings to community. Uh, and so a big part of the, the role of the Neighbour Impact Audit is helping to basically just re-express uh, the, the wonderful work that's happening in a way that others can understand. And by opening doors, it also opens conversations to let, what can we better do together? What are the, what are the areas where, you know, uh, great work is already happening um, and where are the gaps and how can we build on each other's strengths and, and, um, and, and try and, and try and meet, meet and help out each other's weaknesses or the areas that, that we might not be doing as much as we could. Uh, in, in Frankston, for example, down here in, in Victoria, uh, we presented the, uh, the, the final impact audit there to the local mayor and and he was really very generous in his response and saying that at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, the council in Frankston had had a conversation about the extent to which they might be able to work with and even potentially financially help resource the work of faith groups in serving those in need. But because they had no visibility over what was actually happening, they decided that they couldn't. And he holding the neighbour impact report for Frankston in his hand said, this changes everything because now we actually know what's happening. Uh, and, um, and it means that there are greater opportunities for collaboration 
and for, I guess, to put this in, in, in neighbor language, to help put the, the church at the center of the city and of the region, um, not in the sense of us like determining or controlling, um, indeed through us serving, but like there is a something beautiful about when we offer ourselves to the broader community, the ways in which that can not only help to unify the church and the faith community, but also the, the city as a whole, as we bring together the key stakeholders and have conversations about the shared vision that we have for seeing our communities and our cities flourish um, and being able to do that together in partnership. So that's that's uh, obviously a key, a key objective as well. And then the final one, is really about helping helping to uh, to strengthen the witness of the church in the broader community and be able to share the good news about the good works uh, that we are doing in in serving those in need and and I think as we're all aware of in the church that we often get a pretty uh, ordinary uh, reputation in the in the media and some of that we've earned and some of it we haven't uh, but it's it's we see this as being a wonderful way of being able to share. Yeah, the good stuff that's already happening as an encouragement and an inspiration, not just to the church and the faith community, but but to the broader region about what's happening and what's possible. Uh, and and to open those conversations at a, at a broader level about, yeah, what do we want to see? What could this region, what could the Gold Coast look like? What could Rockhampton look like? What could these, these beautiful parts of our country um, look like, you know, Tasmania, like down, we're about to do an audit down in, in Hobart and we're, to, we're talking about doing audits in Perth and Adelaide. And you know, what is it? What could our communities look like if, and what would they look like if we all actually found ways to come together and to complement one another and to work um, in partnership? How, how might we see um, that uh, that scripture come to pass? I believe it's in Jeremiah where, where it talks about like where, you, where we seek the peace and the prosperity of our city. Um, what, would, what would it look like if we did that um, together um, and in partnership with, with other key stakeholders? How might that change um, the lives of individuals and the, and the entire culture uh, and, and landscape of our cities. And so that's the, the kind of broader conversation, I guess, that we're keen to be able to contribute to. You're listening to Love Your City. It's a Movement Australia podcast. We believe that communities can be transformed as a unified church in every city or town lives and proclaims the gospel into every sphere of society. We'll tell stories from where this is already happening. We'll dig into the Bible to better understand God's heart for cities and towns. And we'll discuss practical strategies. Because no matter where you live, a gospel movement can happen. Yeah, that scripture, Jeremiah 29, 7, has been key for us here at Movement. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city where I've sent you. Mm -hmm. um, it's so good. I just wanted to unpack a bit more. So the impact audits, are the, the, what the church in a geographical location is already doing to serve the community, and you're measuring over the last, over a 12-month period, of the preceding 12 months, what's already happening uh, with the key value on uh, it's what the church as a whole is doing so not a specific denomination or congregation um you're measuring the whole body of christ from catholics through to pentecostals yes uh, different organizations and services that flow out of their respective tribes cool. so not 
what is happening within worship services, but what's serving the community at large. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, absolutely. So it is very much about the outward facing work um, of the church, um, intentionally and necessarily all expressions uh, of the church, uh, and as well as, as faith-based organisations, parachurch organisations and the like. And we also invite other faiths, non-Christian faiths, um, to participate as well. Uh, we think that that's an important kind of posture for the Christian church to have, particularly at a local level, is to say, this is the research that we're doing, and if others want to be part of it, then they're very welcome to, to do that. In some cases, there's been um, quite limited participation from other faiths. In other places, like the Gold Coast, for example, um, we were able to have some wonderful um, um, contributions from some of the other faith groups and the multi-faith groups that are operating in, in that area as well. Uh, and again, I think that's important because this is about, um, we, 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 we try not to use the impact audit. It's not a tool for being able to kind of chest beat, I guess, or to blow our own horn and say, look how good we are and the wonderful work that we're doing. Rather, it's about a, I guess I would frame it more as an offering, um, being able to present this to um, local council, to police, to medical services, to others in the community and say, here's what we're doing. And even to each other, you know, here's what we're doing um, to this point. Um, what can we be doing better? What can we be doing better together? Uh, and so that's the that's very much the heart. Uh, but we have seen some really beautiful things come out of the fact that this is a collective expression of, um, of the, the faith community and, and particularly the body of Christ. Uh, and in somewhere like Illawarra, for example, where we did our very first impact audit, um, and um, there, there was some great unity. And I know there's a there's a wonderful kind of movement group down down that way, headed up by Henke and others. Um, but you know, there'd been some some great unity, I think, between the, the various Protestant denominations um, over many years, and that had been building. But there hadn't been that much um, uh, interaction with and exposure to the Catholic Church in the region. And the Catholic Church is very significant um, in Illawarra, both in terms of local parishes as well as organisations like Catholic Care. And so the audit actually, perhaps one of the greatest outcomes of that audit is that it helped build relationships, um, relationships of trust and love and a sense of, of, of shared purpose and unity between the various um, Protestant uh, expressions of the church and the Catholic church. And, and uh, that's continued uh, well beyond in the, in the last couple of years. And so there's something beautiful when we seek to come into that complete unity that Jesus prayed in John 17, 23. Like when he, I don't think he prayed that by mistake. And I don't think it was a mistake that that was uh, his final prayer uh, before the crucifixion, his final recorded prayer, but before the crucifixion. It matters that we as the church seek to love one another um, and to find points of commonality and, and dare I say, also manage to embrace our diversity and our differences because sometimes it's in our differences and the ex exploration of that that we discover uh, elements of God's character that we may not otherwise have even perceived. And so there's something really beautiful, and, and I do believe that that scripture that says it commands a blessing when, when the church, when the body comes together. Uh, and so we've we've seen that God is doing that in all sorts of different ways, I believe, across the nation. Um, movement has played a critical role um, within that. And so um, we as neighbour are kind of standing on 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 uh, on your shoulders um, and and building on the work that that the you that you're doing and and seeking to work in partnership with a range of groups like Movement and City to City and so many others across the country. Um, but there's something special I think happening at the moment, and maybe you'd agree, Evan. Like I think that the 
I think God is, has been doing something, has been stirring something in the hearts of the church and the hearts of believers across the nation. And now we're starting to see what that looks like as people who wouldn't normally sit around a table together start to do that. There's something very special that happens. And, uh, and it's a privilege to be able to witness that through things like the, the Neighbour Impact Audit. Mm. No, I totally agree. I think part of the challenges of our current culture uh, or part of the uh, one of the good byproducts of the challenges that the church is facing is that it's forcing us to come together more around a single table uh, be- because the choices are now limited. We either work together or um, we uh, we um, we perish in some in some situations. So I totally agree. Um, I love yeah that core value of of unity that you've expressed. How does there need to be a developed sense of unity in a town or city for an neighbor to come and do their thing or like how does it what's the process like of engaging you you yeah. know you know the town of city is like okay we want to find out what's happening uh in terms of social impact by the church is there a baseline of things that a level of unity that already needs to exist or how does the process sort of work out that's a great question and and it's a question we we uh asked ourselves and continue to ask ourselves in terms of where this can be of of greatest benefit I would say that in most cases where we've run the neighbour impact audit successfully, there has been some level of existing unity uh, that's that's existed. And we tend to do it in a local, sorry, in an LGA, although in some cases uh, we'll do multiple LGA. So we're preparing at the moment, we're in discussions about doing a region-wide audit of the Hunter, um, which would have seven LGAs. And we're also then going to do a statewide audit of Tasmania um, also in the first half of next year. It's going to be a busy start to 2023. Um, but uh, we do try, try and initially focus at that local government area level. I would say yeah, in the majority of cases, there is some sort of established network uh, of church leaders who are at the very least meeting together and in relationship with one another uh, and preferably going further, engaging in mission with one another, uh, holding, for example, you know, joint worship services or having citywide prayer events, whatever it might be. However, in some cases, we've seen the audit be used as a vehicle for building that network and that sense of unity and so i mentioned i think penrith earlier um there was there had been a a minister's kind of fraternal back in the day but it had largely dissipated uh and but there was a great heart and i think that's the the case there either needs to be an existing unity in the area or or a heart and a desire to build that unity and so in in penrith people like mark chapel and chapel and others had a a real kind of stirring to 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 build that greater sense of unity and a larger um, network across the region they'd been praying into it for many years they've been seeking to build relationship with one another but they really used the neighbor impact audit to then launch what is now called One Church Penrith. Uh, and I think at the beginning of the process, there was three members of, of One Church Penrith and uh, three churches who were members. And by the time we launched the audit um, uh, six or 12 months later, uh, there was something like 30 that, that were then members. And we had 70 people turn up to the event, um, the, the public launch as well, together with the mayor and some, some local um, state MPs as well who were there. So I think it can work in both ways. Uh, but as I said, the commonality there is that recognition and desire um, for unity and, and to, to celebrate what's happening and to, to, to seek to more perfectly express uh, that, that complete unity that, that Jesus prays for and I believe calls us to. 
Now, on a practical level, I mean, the reports that you do are fairly extensive, yeah. uh, and I imagine you know everything costs money. Um, how does how does funding work? How does you know how does all that work from a practical level? From you know that process of getting the conversation to okay, we're going to do this. Um, yeah, how, can you just speak to that for a little bit? Yeah, sure. So neighbour says we see ourselves as being a gift to the church um, and it's hard to be a gift if you cost um, so much money that no one can afford it. Uh, <laughs> so with that in mind, we we uh, continue to seek and we've attracted some quite some very generous um, philanthropic support for our work and that includes the neighbour impact audit. So uh, a kind of standard audit cost, the total cost is around about $30,000. Uh, 20000 of that is currently covered through philanthropic support. Uh, as I said, that we've we've secured, so um, so that's all covered. And then the remaining ten thousand uh, is what we ask the local churches of the region to contribute. And part of that is a kind of financial reality, and uh, and and it helps to helps us as a ministry to then be able to serve more parts of the church across the country. But I think part of it also speaks to a. Um, an ownership and a, and a sense of buy-in and kind of putting skin in the game, so to speak, saying as the local church in a region, we care about this, we want to see this succeed and we're, and we're keen uh, to have maximum participation and the best possible results at the end so that it can guide our future work. And so we ask the churches whether that's, you know, in some cases that might be one church or a, or even a kind of um, a Christian um, business person who, who decides to write a check for the full amount, that's fine. But where we've seen it work the best, it's actually where a bunch of churches get together as part of the process um, of kicking off the audit and say, we'll contribute. And that might be, if we're a large church, it might be several thousand dollars. For a smaller church, it might be just a few hundred dollars, but it all actually makes a difference. And, and it contributes to that broader um, sense of the audit being something that is a collective expression of the faith community in that region. quick break to encourage you to check out our website movement.org.au this site contains a library of resources podcasts videos blogs stories from australia and around the world of city gospel movement people who are on the ground practitioners bringing the church together across denominations for the sake of their community you can search by speaker author subjects to find exactly what you're looking for Subscribe with your email address and we'll connect with you personally to see how we can serve a city gospel movement in your community. Mm, that's brilliant. Well, that's amazingly affordable. I wasn't expecting to hear that. I I would thought it would be a much larger investment that might be prohibitive for some communities, but what you've expressed seems very doable for most church communities in, a, in an LGA, you know, would be able to come up with that kind of money to, to, um, to engage your services and, um, after you've done impact audits, do you find that the church in that uh, LGA is surprised by the results? Like what what's kind of the response when your churches see the hard data in front of them? Are there certain patterns that you've seen after having done several across the nation now? Like what's, what's sort of the response from the church? Yeah, uh, I think almost almost universally people are, are um, pleasantly surprised. In some and why is that? Because the church is doing more than they thought they were doing? Absolutely, far more. And also because we don't often value our efforts 
perhaps in the ways that we should. And we rarely, if ever, seek to express that value in dollar terms. And so to be able to say to the churches of the, and, and, and the faith community of the Gold Coast, your efforts over the previous 12 months were worth over $43 million in social impact value, or in a place like Rockhampton, uh, over $13 million, um, or in Penrith and Mount Druitt, I'm pretty sure over $9 million. You know, like these, these huge figures. Um, and, and also then to be able to express even the number of people that are being reached you know, whether it's tens of thousands, in some cases, hundreds of thousands, in many cases, the, the faith community is in some way um, touching and impacting the lives of more than 50% of the population of the region uh, in some way. And so I think that is uh, wonderfully shocking for, for, um, for us, even as, you know, as Christians and as followers of Christ, but equally, and perhaps even more so for the wider community and and the likes of uh local government or the corporate sector you know people who as i said earlier tend to deal in facts and figures and when it's presented to them in this light see the value of the church and faith groups in a whole different way and that's a big part of what this is supposed to do it's supposed to be encouraging and inspiring but more importantly to motivate uh those who are often giving so much of themselves um, and volunteering, you know, hundreds and thousands of hours, uh, never seeking recognition, uh, just out of this, this heart to love God and love others. And, but to be able to recognize that in some way and say to people, ordinary Christians within their small local community or, or parish and just say thank you you know your efforts matter they are part of this greater whole uh and also then to be able to present that as i said almost like an offering to the broader community and say this is what we're doing and we'd like to be doing more how can we have the conversation about what that might look like uh yeah it's it's been a really a really beautiful thing to see and i imagine it would be a good tool for the church to be more strategic moving forward like does it reveal like where there perhaps is double ups in services or where, you know, there's an unnecessarily, yeah, churches are doing the same thing, but not aware of each other. Does, mm. does it um, give light to that kind of scenario? Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly the right question. And that's the one that we ask um, uh, at the end of the process, which in some ways is just the start because the, the report, you know, it's the kind of, nice shiny report and I think as I've said before I think that God likes nice shiny reports but I think he probably cares more about the work that we do in loving and serving people uh, his 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 people and what we're called to do in in our in our communities and so what we try we, we as neighbor um we don't just help to oversee the audit process which takes between the core, the core of it takes about three months, but it can sometimes take um, a little bit longer than that as we build relationships and make sure that we have buy-in from all of the key stakeholders before we begin. Uh, but after the public launch and release of the audit report in a region, we as neighbour continue to walk alongside the local churches of the region for 12 months thereafter. And part of that is about saying, well, what did the audit tell us about 
what we're doing well, what we're not doing so well, and where we need to be or could be collaborating better. And so that question you're asking of like, where are we over, where are we overlapping in terms of our services? What we found is that in many cases, a lot of churches and faith groups are doing great work in the area of material assistance. Um, so, you know, provision of food and, and other basic necessities, and that's great. But in a region of hypothetically, you know, 50 churches, um, or a hundred, let's say 100 churches, um, you know, 60 of us probably don't need to be all engaging in material assistance. Maybe we could be combining our efforts um, and, and, uh, and, and streamlining that and learning from one another about who's doing it really well and what models are having the most impact. Uh, and in contrast, in a region where there are significant numbers of um, significant cultural diversity uh, and, and large numbers of migrants or, uh, or newly arrived refugees, uh, it's probably an issue if the church, if, if across the whole faith community, there are only two services being offered um, to, to migrants and, and uh, to migrant support or to refugee um, uh, welcome and integration. Uh, maybe that says that we as the church of X region need to be thinking differently uh, about where we put our time. And perhaps we could leave some other parts of the body um, to do the great work they're already doing around food and material assistance and those who feel called perhaps into the space around migrant support or other key issues like domestic violence can actually um, seek to, to think about what that looks like. And, and that hopefully is also where the neighbour recognised project menu comes in because then we can present to the church of the region and say, well, you identified that one of the key gaps in the area was um, domestic violence. Here's this great program, Circuit Breaker, that you could think about implementing. Or you've identified that better welcome for refugees could be something that's, that's, that, that God is calling the church in this region to do. Why don't you think about being part of the Welcome Home Project? And so hopefully um, then the broader work and services of Neighbour help begin to, to, to work together um, and to complement what's already being done on the ground. Do you have hope, say, um, to be able to come back to a community in, say, five or ten years' time and perform another audit and see how things have grown or changed? Is is that part of the strategy moving forward? Or, or do you have, you talked about work, walking with communities for the next sort of 12 months or so. Um, yeah, what does it look like in the future? Or do you think that far ahead? Mm, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yes and no. Uh, I I do think that far ahead, but I know that God has his own plan uh, and he's yeah. certainly moved things uh, in some ways faster and, and in different directions to what we could possibly have imagined. So there's a bit of that dance, I think, for us all as people of faith. That, like we set our plans, but then we submit them and uh, and God does what he's got he's going to do. Uh, but I think that we've got a few key objectives, potential objectives over the next few years. One is that we want to, we want to uh, be doing 20, an additional 20 audits across the country uh, in order to be able to then build a, a national picture of what the Australian church and faith community is contributing to the, to the broader community. Uh, and by kind of mid-2025, dare I put a date on it, we'd love to be able to submit a report to um, the federal government and share nationally, you know, what is what is the, the approximate value um, of the, the Australian faith community and what are we doing to serve and love those in need um, in both at a local level as well as as well as nationally. So uh, we're certainly, we've got that on, on the horizon. Uh, we have already begun conversations with a number of the locations that have run audits, uh, the Gold Coast, Whitehorse, a number of others have already said, we'd be really keen to do this again in a few years and just see what's changed. 
And then the other area that we're uh, cautiously stepping into is around a deeper sense of outcome measurement because as it relates to the work of, of the church in, in serving those in need, because what the neighbor impact audit does is that it measures more of the kind of inputs and outputs if I use now measurement kind of language uh, of what are we doing and who's it reaching, but it doesn't currently measure the outcomes in the lives of those be of beneficiaries. So it'll tell us who's being served and on what issues, but it doesn't actually tell us to what extent that is working or how could it be working better. And so that's what we're starting to think about now. That's a, that's a kind of next level of granularity, I guess, in terms of the, the, um, the methodology for the, for the audit. It might even be a whole other measurement project on its own, but we're in conversation with a number of churches and, and, um, and parachurch organisations who are saying, we want to better understand from the perspective of our beneficiaries, those that we actually serve, you know, what's happening? Are we actually transforming people's lives? Um, or are we just doing things that make us feel good? Uh, because I'd really prefer if it's the former. Uh, like, yes, we should feel good about the work that we're doing, but we, it would also be great to know that it is working and that it is transforming lives. And if it's not, then what do we need to be doing differently or better so that our good news is actually good news uh, in the lives of those in need? And so that's something that we're thinking about. How might we help local churches and and um, and the, the collective body at a, um, at a city or regional level to better understand the um, measurement of the outcomes of the work that's being done in the lives of beneficiaries. Now, you mentioned some of the other key values for the impact audit about doors being open to government, strengthening witness. Um, from, a say, putting on a, a devil's advocate hat, uh, mm -hmm. if, what would you say to when people might say, well, this report is not independent. It's run by Christians for Christians to promote what Christians are doing. Um, how do you guarantee the independence of your data and that it's, you know, that what you're saying is accurate? Yeah, great question. And one that's been asked and, and rightly so. Uh, well, what I would say is that, let me start first with the independence of neighbour and then I'll, I'll talk a bit about some of how that relates to, to government and, and, and particularly to local, at a local level. So neighbour is a... We are absolutely a Christian organisation and, and we do exist to be able to, uh, to tell and understand and measure the good news about the good work of the church in community. But with that said, we're not uh, aligned to any denomination. We're not beholden to any of our funders uh, in terms of what we have to put out. Uh, and we don't really answer to anyone other than our desired our answer to God himself and what we feel that he's calling us to do. Uh, the methodology behind the audits are all is all articulated in black and white within every audit report and uh, and makes very clear the basis on which we do the, the, the various calculations and who's been involved and how it's been calculated. Uh, and so that's kind of we're an open book, um, so to speak, on, on that front. And we need to be because, uh, because people need to know both within the church as well as more broadly in the community do these, does this number, do these numbers, does this data actually stack up? So yes, absolutely. We want to be able to tell the good news about the, the work of the church, but um, the numbers will speak for themselves. And in some cases it says there's amazing work. In most cases, it says there's amazing work being happening and it's reaching all these areas and it's having this impact. But in some cases it tells us actually a bit less than what we thought. And uh, we really, we thought this would be more impressive than it is. And if that's the case, that's really important to know as well. Because then as the church and the faith community region, 
it might actually be the best possible thing to spark a conversation about if the numbers don't tell as good a story as we'd like them to, then why not? And what do we need to be doing better? And as Neighbour, we're interested, in fact, we're more interested in the conversation about what comes next than we are about any desire to kind of like chest beat or tell people how wonderful we are. Um, so I think that's probably what I would say on, on, on that front. And maybe what we've also seen, I guess, in terms of the benefit that people see or, or in Neighbour and, and perhaps I think why we're, um, being asked in many cases to uh, to do the impact order in different regions is that church, churches and the community kind of see us as being a bit of a neutral um, party. You know, we're not aligned to any particular denomination. We seek to bring the whole church together um, and to welcome other faiths to participate in the audit as well. And so I think that kind of neutrality is perhaps part of our unique DNA um, and what we and, and what we seek to offer. Mm. And then to just speak briefly, I guess, to how the report then, um, how, how this helps engagement with um, with government, local government in particular, um, neighbour ourselves, we're non-partisan, we're non-political, we're not about trying to influence um, or um, or control anything in terms of what happens um, at, a, at a political level, locally or otherwise. Uh, but uh, we do believe that there is a, a key role um, for the faith community and for all stakeholders, for that matter, uh, to be able to play in um, in working with one another and to contributing to addressing key social issues and, and seeking to kind of realise that shared vision um, for the flourishing of a of a city or a region, which I think we all have, even if we don't, even if people, even people of non not not people of people who of other faiths or of no faith would still, I think be able to, would still express a very similar narrative um, and vision for their community. And that's what we want um, to help assist with. And part of that is being able to articulate what we're doing at the moment in order to, to open those doors and open conversations. So that's really the role that we, that we see ourselves playing. And have you found that where there is integration in um, communities with local council and the church, are local government authorities accepting of the data that's presented like do they they see the validity of it they accept the numbers that you're putting forward um you know do, yeah do local authorities say okay this is this is a legit report we can take notice of this is that the general sort of yeah yeah absolutely and actually we've we've seen it um have probably even more impact where there has not there is not a relationship or not currently a relationship with local council or in some cases there's even been, even been a negative relationship that this can help to perhaps change that conversation and the and the tenor of the relationship with the church and the faith and the faith community. Uh, and so uh, universally, it's been really positively accepted, um, including by um, mayors and local council leaders who are big on data and analysis themselves. I think they've really um, appreciated probably the most because they've looked at the methodological framework and they've um, and 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 they've seen that it's that it's valid and and that the the numbers are robust and indeed they're they're <laughs> something I perhaps should have mentioned is that the data is actually highly conservative uh, and intentionally so. So part of I think why the neighbor impact audit stand up to scrutiny is that we can very faithfully say this is a 
this is a snapshot. This is a kind of indication of the value, but actually the value is far, far more than what we were able to capture. You know, we don't extrapolate the data at a local level. We only we only put forward what is what we've captured from um, those who've participated. For the most part, we have over 50% of the churches in a region contribute and participate, which is wonderful. And that's our, our desire to continue having that. But we don't extrapolate the data. We don't kind of like bulk it up in any way. In fact, we'd rather um, under 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 report uh because it's important stands up scrutiny and also because as much as we measure the value of the work of the church and community ultimately we know that um that our value is or should be immeasurable uh in terms of the impact that we're having in people's lives and in our communities you know a lot of that can't be measured and that's okay that's i think that's how god wants it and designed it um but to be able to um express some of it is really important um and has certainly changed the perception um that a lot of of, of local government areas or, or councils have had about the church um and about the faith community because suddenly it's there in black and white and it's open to interrogation um and they can and they can absolutely do so and they should if they if they want to to make sure that it's valid uh but uh, we've we've had the overwhelming feedback is like this is great and it's and we recognize that it's actually a lot it's a you're probably saying a lot that the value is a lot less than it, what it actually is um so i think they appreciate that as well if anyone's interested in finding out more about neighbor or looking at an example impact audit what's the best way to go about that yeah sure so if you just jump on the the neighbor website it's um www.neighbornaiba.org forward slash au will get you to the Australian element of the site. Uh, and, and there you'll find links. Uh, if you think you scroll down, there's a bunch of links to all of the most recent audit reports, um, or you can get in touch um, with us via email again through the website. And, um, and if you're interested, if there's, yeah, if there's either, a, if you're a church leader um, and you think this might be something that could work in your area, uh, if you're part of a broader network um, of churches and faith leaders in a region, and you think this could be beneficial, we'd, we'd love to chat. As I said, we've done a lot of work so far along the East Coast, um, uh, and, um, but now we're really starting to, um, to expand into the rest of Australia and very keen to be doing work across the country um, so that we are an authentically national organisation. Uh, so hopefully over the next kind of uh, couple of months and, and coming years, there'll be more work in places like WA and SA and maybe even NT as well. And is um, do you have a mailing list or an email if people want to find out about mobilize mobilisation events or that kind of thing? What's the best way to, or they advertise on your website as well? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, um, so we don't currently do ads on our website for events, um, but we're very happy to share like um, great work that's happening at a, at a local community level or, or nationally through our social media, um, where that kind of is um, helps to, 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 to complement the work that we're already seeing happen across the church. Uh, so people can just get in touch through the website. Um, or at uh, australia at neighbor.org um, is our general email address. But uh, yeah, just just either contact us through the website or um, uh, or sign up to the mailing list there. And again, the website's neighbor.org forward slash au. Nick Mackay, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us. Really appreciate it. Uh, you're doing great work, which is um, will, is a real gift to the body of Christ uh, around Australia and in various towns and communities. And I really hope that a lot more communities take up your services and um, begin to you know get a better picture of what's actually happening and how they can then 
better seek the peace and prosperity of the place where God's put them. So really appreciate you taking the time to chat and um, look forward to hearing more great work from Neighbor in the future. Thanks, Evan. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for your time.